What's going on guys? Welcome back to Virginia Boys episode three. We're Let's coming go. at you on a on a Friday. We're transitioning into two episodes a week. Is that already, the case, guys? Right. We're changing the schedule oh, already. Man. Guys, two episodes a week and we're going to do them on Fridays and Mondays. So you guys get some goodness going into the weekend and then you get a week update on Monday mornings. You guys can, you know, make your coffee in the morning, yep. listen to Virginia Boys, build it into your morning routine. That, that's the key to podcasting. Like, you, you got to get into their routine. You know, as a podcaster, I've learned that. I listen to a podcast called Group Chat every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Mm. And Kieran knows as well. Wow. I wake up, Turn it on. I make my breakfast. I'm listening to it. It's That's a part right. of my routine. So we want you to have Virginia Boys a part of your routine. So. And thank you all so much for more positive reviews. You guys are crushing uh, the reviews and the ratings on this podcast. And we've gotten so many positive DMs saying that you all are enjoying the content, the information we're talking about. So we're happy to make more. And today is going to be another good one. We all have some great topics in mind. That's right. So, Jeffrey, what are we talking about today? Oh, man. We got a little bit of everything. Casey, once again, had a couple more huge interviews on his <laughs> podcast. So, he's going to talk a little bit about some wink, wink billionaires. Uh, well, a billionaire and uh, Rick Ross that we talked about last last podcast. Yeah, we're going to do a little recap yeah. on that. Yeah. So, so, last podcast, you were about to interview Rick Ross. Yep. And now it's happened. Oh, snap. So yep. tell, tell us how that went. How'd it yep. Go? So, um, so, first off, I'll play a, a quick 10-second clip from Rick Ross. Um I asked him at the end of the show, which I do for some of my guests. I was like, hey, you know, why did you decide to do my podcast? And this is what he said. Oh. One second. Floating. We are interested in doing your podcast with the fact you presented yourself as a boss. You presented yourself as a hustler. 99.9% .9 of people who present themselves to you come with their hands out. You so long story Whoa. short, um, I posted wow. that clip on Instagram. And I actually uh, got that post on Worldstar, which is, if you don't know what Worldstar is, it has 22 million followers, massive social media brand. It's literally the most engaged page on Instagram. My buddy Danny Cotton, he's the CEO of Worldstar. He threw it up there and it did very well. Got over 200,000 views. And it was cool because like, I don't interview a lot of like big hip hop names and Rick Ross is a legend and an icon. And, I remember, you know, me and Karen were listening to Rick Ross all morning, getting ready for it, and it was it was genuinely like a great conversation. Like, you know, twenty minutes, super simple, but uh, it was definitely uh, one of my favorite, you know, hip hop oriented podcasts because I'm a huge hip hop fan. So you said last podcast, you know, when I asked how can you get these podcasts going with these huge names, and you said you got to provide value and you got to stay consistent and you got to really want it, and that's exactly what he said. Yeah, talk about what Rick Ross said in that clip. He just I, said people come out with their hands out, hands out asking right. for stuff. No, Casey said in the last podcast, you got to provide value. You got to make yep. it worth their time, and that's what Casey did. And, yeah, and, and Rick Ross was happy about that. And people always ask me, like straight up, it was like, okay, how do you get them on your show? This is exactly what I said to him, and, and this is I, this is cool because like Virginia Boys podcast, like we can talk about like the behind the scenes of what's happening. Oh in our yeah, life, right. So you know, on the Rise Young podcast, you'll hear me interview Rick Ross on this. You'll you'll hear me right now. The I'll, I'll tell you exactly what I said to Rick Ross. Okay, I said this. Hey, Rick. I had Robert Greene on my podcast this week. Would you be available this week for a 20-minute Skype interview to promote your book? Let me know. Boom. What I like about that, uh, Kieran, you'll agree, uh, mm -hmm. you had the time in there. Boom. It's going to take 20 minutes. You're not asking for a lot. Yep. 20 minutes. You said when you want to do it, uh, but you kind of left it open. You didn't say, let's do it Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Like, yeah. no, he's in control. He yeah, has the upper yeah. hand. He has to say what time, but you and gave him a range that would work. And you said why it's going to benefit him. Like, that's got everything in there, yep. yet it's so simple and clean. Yep. Wow. 
so yeah, that's how that went. It was it's been it's been really good. Wow. Yeah, and uh, now fast forward. Casey has had another pretty crazy guest on his podcast this morning. As we're as we're filming this Virginia Boys episode, recording this Virginia Boys episode, we just finished up this uh, podcast interview. Yep. I, I actually got the chance to co-host it with Casey, which was super fun um, because I was uh, I was a you know a big fan of, of this company and this person. Jeffrey's met wow. him before in person oh, yeah. as well. Great guy. Um, who is it, Casey? So his name is Trevor Milton. Um, if you don't know Trevor Milton. Trevor Milton is an American billionaire businessman and the CEO and co-founder of Nikola Motor Company. Trevor Milton, he's a college dropout from Utah. He recently got a $250 million Series D investment round back in, um, I think it was September 2019, that brought him to the billionaire level. So he's worth $1.1 billion. He's 37 years old. And the conversation, Kieran was on it. He co-hosted it with me. It was absolutely phenomenal and for those that don't know what Nikola is so he's focused on getting thousands of futuristic hydrogen powered trucks on the road throughout the 2020s and um Jeff you know more about it so so talk to us yeah Yeah, I was actually fortunate enough to head out to Nikola World which is their annual um almost like stockholder meeting but it's not a stockholder meeting it's like it's like a get together where they get to unveil new things and uh at that year's Nikola World, it was the new Tesla, uh, what am I saying, Tesla, the Nikola Trey, and uh, they had an amazing venue, amazing time meeting all the uh, leaders of the company, and Trevor was there, he gave a great uh, speech and talking about the new, what's upcoming with the company, and Christian and I were really, really impressed, and Christian actually got to ride in the new ATV, or yeah, the the little side-by, what would you you call that? The UTV. UTV, yeah, 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 the, the Nikola UTV. And he said it was absolutely blisteringly fast and fun. And yeah. uh, so what they're doing in that department, the fun side of things, and what they're doing in the real, you know, innovative semi-industry is, is just awesome. Groundbreaking company yeah, with totally. really cool leaders. I want to ask Karen because we've been like on a high oh, energy yeah. mindset all morning after this interview. Oh, yeah. What yeah. did you learn from he, the conversation? Mm-hmm. Interviewing him was, was so sick because he is obviously, you know, he's a successful billionaire, crazy, uh, you know, entrepreneur. But the, the, the coolest thing about interviewing him was actually his energy and, and, and the motivation that he had, like the stuff that he was saying in the interview was, was just ridiculous. He was the highest energy person that I've ever like heard on Casey's podcast, to be completely honest with you. Totally. Like there was no pauses in the entire 28 minute interview that we did with him like wow. somebody was talking the whole time it was mostly it was mostly Trevor so yeah, he was on a roll. Um, it, it was crazy and the stuff that he was he talked about some of his exits that he previously had talk, talked about some of his failures gave advice to young entrepreneurs tactical stuff, tactical stuff about how Whoa. to handle your email inbox like really cool stuff like overall um yeah, you know, what did you say you learned He's, well, I learned a lot. I mean, he's one of the brightest minds on, on earth. You know, he's up there with Elon Musk in terms of innovation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would say I learned, I think that the biggest takeaway from the interview was implementing personal, uh, like little personal touches into yeah. your business. So he was, I asked mm-hmm. him, I was like, you know, you're disrupting the, you know, the semi industry. That's like, a, like transportation, like ground transportation is a oh, massive, yeah. massive industry. You can become a multi-billionaire and build a massive company just doing that. You don't need to make jet skis and UTVs. Like, why are you doing it? And he goes, oh, well, you know, I, I always loved off-roading and, and power yeah. sports. And so- Loves his lake house. Exactly. He has a big lake house up in Utah. And, 30, 30, and $32 million. Thir- yeah, $32 million dollar lake house. And so he said, he told Casey and I, he was like, yeah, 
I, you know, I have a passion for power sports. And so I think that every entrepreneur should integrate some of their own personality into their company. Even if the primary thing that your company does isn't something that um, is like a is like a personal private passion of yours, you should try to find a way to integrate your your personal passions into your company. And that's what he's doing with his jet skis and his UTVs, which I think is so cool. Very cool. I, I can't wait to watch the or listen to the interview. But one of my big takeaways when I met him and at Nikola World, he showed up a picture of his initial uh, uh, company, like the staff, the people there. The first, I think it was. 50 people or something like that. He's like, this was Nicola, you know, years ago. And he said, he, he says, guess how many of those people still work for the company? And you know, some hands go up and like half the people, you know, something like that. He goes, every single one of them. So his company wow. culture there yep. is what stood out to me when I met him and talked with him. And it's amazing how he's able to retain every one yep. of those, uh, of those initial people. And it goes to show he must be doing something right. I love it. And by the way, so for everyone listening to this, we're driving this on Friday. The interview's not out yet, so they're getting like a little sneak peek yeah, of like <laughs> what we're going to be doing. You guys are going to have to go uh, in, a, in a couple days from now, go check out Casey's podcast to listen to it. Awesome. Is it going live tomorrow? Yeah, I'm going to put it out tomorrow, so it'll be, it'll be out. So Casey, Boom. I think I think the, the best question that Casey asked by far was he asked, you know, oh, how, yeah, how do you have like high level conversations when you're yeah. a billionaire and you're yeah. friends with other billionaires? Like what do those conversations yeah. look like? I said, what are, yeah, I said, what are the conversations at the level you're at? And he was wow. like, you know, I probably have 20, 30 billionaires in my phone and, um, you know, we're brief, you know, oh, we'll, we'll type and write three words. And that's the conversation, right? He's like, I make 500 to a thousand decisions a day. Some of them are three words or a quick sentence, but he's like, billionaires and he said this like that he's like a they don't waste time but b if you're if he's taking the time to you know write you three words he wants to talk to you if he's not writing anything to you he he won't talk yeah, to you like, like he said he said mm. you know if you're getting three words from me that's my attention like yeah if you're getting nothing from me that's when you know that this is the greatest part he's saying that and i'm like i was looking at the timer we're like 18 minutes into our conversation i'm like wow like the fact that like just bringing it back to like for example people are listening to this podcast I've had a podcast for two years where he's talking about someone's lucky to get three words from him in an email thread to make a decision. Well, me and Kieran are just having a 20 minute conversation with him oh, and he's wow. talking about the importance of time and the importance of three words when we're just having, you know, such a abundance of time so, according to that principle. So Casey, Absolutely. this is the third billionaire that you've interviewed on your podcast. Okay. You're, you're taking 20, 30 minutes of these people's times and talking to them. And they're not only are, like, you're, you're taking their time, like, right? You're, you're using that time with them to generate content for yourself, for your podcast. And so, and their time is worth a lot of money. So how do you position this? How are you as a 19 year old kid getting interviews with billionaires? Because, I, and I'm just asking this question, obviously yeah. I know how you do it, but you know, for the listeners of Virginia Boys, we, let's give them a leg up in, in life. Like, how do yeah. you position yourself, especially at a young age, to, to talk with high-level, powerful well, people? Speak uh, this one, for example. It's funny because the three billionaires I've interviewed, one of them, Tillman Fertitta, owner of the Houston Rockets, that came from um, our friend Michael Gruen. He helped plug me in there. But it was the setup of having that leverage and the interviews and the track record to, you know, when he's promoting his book called Shut Up and Listen, Michael gave me the alley-oop. So that one was, you know, wasn't necessarily all me, but for example, you helped with this one, Trevor Milton, 
Kieran, how'd you do it? He said he looked up the wealthiest people in Arizona. Yeah, I was bored one night, and so I Googled wealthiest people in Arizona, and so I just went on Instagram, and I looked up their names, and I found a couple of them. Uh, the founder of GoDaddy was one of them. Casey yep. reached out to him. We'll see. Maybe we'll listen back to this Virginia Boys podcast in a few months, and Casey will have interviewed him, so we'll yeah. see. Um, he's, one, he's one of the wealthiest people here in Arizona, and then Trevor was the other one. And so I found these guys on Instagram, and I just sent their Instagram profiles over to Casey, uh, and I was like, yep. yo, Casey, you should definitely interview these people for your podcast. Yeah, and I think, and before we switch topics is, A, it's simple. I don't want to overcomplicate it. You know, I sent him a DM. He said, email my assistant. I emailed his assistant. I sent him all of my past interviews with, it, with you know, Tilma Fertitta, Larry King, and like these high level mm. people, which is the leverage of building a personal brand and yeah. the track record of doing 150 interviews that led up to that that now it's getting easier where if I go to someone, Ernie Bach, who's another billionaire I interviewed from Bach Enterprises, you also you know told me about him in the automotive world. It's just reaching out, but it's not like as simple as reaching out. It's having the track record and personal yeah. brand and um, you know, like communication. Communication is another thing because yeah. you're not talking with these people directly. You're talking with their assistants, their team. Like yeah. even even the, the other billionaires that you're talking to. I don't know. We're not going to reveal that one. Yeah. Um, but like Casey's talking to the owner of a big company that you all definitely know <laughs> and is potentially going to interview them uh, in a few weeks or a couple months. But the the process is, you know, you're talking to their assistants, their yeah. secretaries, Corporate whatever staff. it is, and so you have to understand the basic fundamentals of effective communication, positioning, and everything like that. And Casey does a really good job at, at doing that. So. Yeah, but uh, um, let's change topics. This, this first, we've talked a lot about me. Let's, let's, let's change it up. Right. So, um, I, I mean, you know, I don't want to talk about coronavirus, but I do want to bring something up, and I want to get everyone's thoughts on this. There are 10 states that are reopening um, that, are that, that have already partially reopened. So they're reopening um, some non-essential businesses and they're letting and the stay-at-home orders are lifted. Um, so 10 states in the U.S. Arizona is not one of them. We actually extended our uh, stay-at-home uh, for another, another 15 days, I think. Um, but 10 states in the U.S. are reopening and we have two, now we have two polarizing sides. We have one side that's like every state needs to reopen. Every state needs to get back to work. Every, you, you saw know, what Elon economy, Musk said? Exactly. I was Elon about opened, to mention that. <laughs> Elon Musk is, is one of those people, right? Every, like get back to work, open the economy, you know, F the coronavirus, it doesn't matter. And then the other side is like, why, what are these states doing? We need to stay locked down. We need to, you know, we need to uh, stay quarantined and close all the businesses and, and make sure this is done, get a vaccine out. Um, so I wanted to get Casey and Jeffrey's thoughts mm. on these, these states. I do want to read Elon's quote there. He said, quote, free America now. <laughs> all caps. Free America now in all caps. So it's been sending a shockwave through on social media. But anyway, uh, I, I, don't, I don't think I have the perfect answer, nor does anyone here. But um, what I do think is these people who are saying to open up America, completely open it wide open and get it right back on track. The thing is, even if we turn key and open, quote unquote, open America back up, it's going to be a slow process to where, to where people are going to be going to the malls and be going out and about. Right. Like, even if you turn it on, it will be a slow, gradual process. It's not just everyone's going to come out of their house, go run yep. into the mall, and they're going to go congregate at Build-A-Bear Workshop. Like, it's just, <laughs> like, it's, just, it's just not going to happen. So I think a slow, gradual process will happen inevitably, whether you make it fast or you make it gradual. So... I think we should, you know, slowly begin that process. But then again, it, it could have impacts of more people getting sick. I'm not sure. I'm not a scientist. I know yeah. it's very plausible, but it will be slow either way you cut it. Yeah, no, I opinion. agree. And we're all, you know, not health experts in any regard. But 
It's funny because I, I spoke with two doctors last week, Dr. Gundry and Dr. Um, George Pratt, and the same thing. They talked about how it will be a slow process. It's not yeah. going to be like a light switch where it's like, economy yeah. on, we're back. Like, not at all. Like, exactly. the human behavior, and even Robert Greene, he talked about this is going to be a multi-year mm-hmm. transition of, uh-huh. you know, he, he wrote the book 48 Laws of Power, if people don't know, and he talked about the human behavior of what's happening right now uh, not leaving your house and wearing gloves and masks and how that will be a norm. And I, I, that's how I see it going. I don't think it's going to be a simple on-off, but it's, you know, everyone has their own mindset of the situation and it's affecting everyone differently, right? It's right. affecting us three as individuals differently than someone in New York or LA or someone that is yeah. high risk of health and how they're thinking about it and mm-hmm. how they won't go to that mall when, I don't know, like it's just different for everyone. But I think we're moving in a direction and with that being said guys it's time for today's virginia fact of the day um i've gotten a lot of great feedback from this little uh bit that we're doing in here i think it's funny like like multiple like five six people have have either left a review or or reached out to us saying that they really enjoy the virginia fact of the day so i'm i'm glad i kind of did as a gag um but it's actually a thing now so the virginia fact of the day boys is the first Thanksgiving in North America was held in Virginia in 1619. Wow. Oh, that's throwing it back. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of coins were out in 1619, Jeff? Uh, no American coins. The mint started in 1793. So in the 1600s, we were using mainly just British coins and foreign countries' coins because we didn't have our own. You're talking 1619. Uh, for those history buffs out there, we arrived in Jamestown 1607. Yeah. Our, our, our little state of Virginia is full of interesting history, as we all know. That's but, right. So but guys, that's just 12 years after that. Wow. Guys, this coming November, cool. in, in like five, six months here, when you sit down with your family for Thanksgiving, you can let them know that on the Virginia Boys podcast, um, yes. you learned back in back in May, you learned that the first Thanksgiving was in Virginia in 1619. There's your there's your little uh, your party trick for next Thanksgiving. Wow. <laughs> Speaking it's of amazing. that, it's May. It's all oh, wow. It's already oh, May. My. It's this May first. Year is almost halfway. What is happening? Down. What? So okay, is it just me or did um, <laughs> March March went by very slowly for me? Like yeah. March March dragged totally. on, yeah. but then April was like gone. Dude, April did not exist. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> April was, that was insane. I was um, writing I was writing a few checks this morning and I I made the mistake like it's May. I'm like oh my god a five five one twenty. <laughs> yep. It, dude, it feels like just yesterday we were celebrating New Year's. And now uh, the world shut down, and it's already almost summer. And yep, yeah, oh, it's crazy. First. This is wild. Well, segueing into my topic, yeah, are we head on Karen's little mini topic, yeah. Casey? So one thing I wanted to mention: uh, a couple weeks ago, I posted on the, the Team JR Business Instagram. Finally, after a couple year hiatus, it's been so long. Things have just been so busy. I know everyone says that, but believe me, my life it has been pretty crazy. But I posted some throwback pictures, which you all really seem to enjoy, and I kind of want to open up on that a little bit. I wrote a very lengthy caption. We'll be sure to link it so you guys can check out that Instagram picture. Um, But the whole point of that picture was to show really just bootstrapping your business early on. I wanted to show proof. Like these are old pictures from like six, five, six years ago. And they were, they, they showed some throwbacks of like us shipping out orders from our bathroom in our tiny yeah. little townhouse growing up and us in the hallway of our house with like 50 small flat rate boxes lined up. Just, just the real early on bootstrapping of our business when it was first, well, this wasn't even when it was first starting out. This was a few years into business. 
Um, it was our first like breakthrough year. The caption describes it all. It was 2014. That was the first year that we broke over a million dollars in sales. And uh, it really set us up for a powerful next few years and where we're at today. But anyway, um, I want to get your guys' take on it. Yeah. Because you all read that caption of me yeah. doing yeah. that throwback. You all, you all are on the same wavelength as me on bootstrapping businesses early on. Maybe I'm more hardcore than you guys, but I know we all started what we're doing now with very little. It's not even like, like the word bootstrapping is, it's just using your resources, right? Using the resources that you have at your disposal to get things going, whether it's a business or or anything really. Like people, people tend to think whether they're starting a YouTube channel, they think they need a a fancy camera. They're Mm -hmm. starting a business. They think they need a bunch of money. They're starting a podcast. Mm -hmm. They think they need some fancy microphone. I have a microphone. Casey, Casey literally doesn't have a microphone because he turned his microphone into a piece of art and and hasn't bought a new one. Fun fact, guys, we film or we uh, record the Virginia boys podcast on my microphone, on Kieran's microphone um, that I bought on Amazon a couple weeks ago. Guys, Uh, I'm going to get a sure microphone today. That's right. So, now it's so okay, back, back to topic. Let's all give our yeah. tactical examples. Yes. Let's go around the thing because we all have different uh, ways starting out. Casey, how did you bootstrap podcasting starting out? How much did it cost? How quickly oh, did yeah. it happen? What did you do? I remember it was, um, I actually, I got the same Blue Yeti microphone that we're using to record okay. this as a Christmas gift in okay. 2017. Boom. It was a Christmas gift. It was a $100 microphone. And uh, like that was like, usually, you know, when I... Think back on Christmases. That was probably like my quote-unquote big item of the year. Like my only one of the oh, only okay. things that I got right. How much was the program to do podcast? Oh, I do. I just use. Uh, I don't even program. I just it's what's it called? Um, QuickTime Player, and then Spreaker is like free. And then really? once you have a certain amount of um, like gigabytes uploaded, it's like five bucks a month. But now Anchor, which I use, which That's I recommend it. to everyone, it's free. You can start a podcast for a mic like for and free. So you can record it on the app. You don't even need like a quality mic. Obviously, that's, that's what important. I was going to say. But like regarding like bootstrapping the podcast, it was just like the first episode. Me and Kieran actually listened to it the other day. It was on Apple headphones that come with your oh phone, and it was completely Ew, terrible so audio. Rainy. So you can start a podcast for under free. ten dollars. $10. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, for free, starting. Yeah. And so, here's the, and here's the best wow. thing. Anchor. Once you start a podcast, they offer you fifteen dollars as a quote unquote ad for your podcast, and that's like you know they'll you'll say hey you know if you are starting a podcast. Um, use Anchor and they'll like pay you as your first episode. So it's like you can make 15 bucks literally right now starting a podcast, setting up an Anchor account and then clicking yes to sponsorships and make $15 in a minute. And then once you really start to get in your rhythm, you can take those podcast interviews, put them up to YouTube, especially if you get the visual and then you can eventually get to ad revenue on YouTube and start making money that way in all different ways with your podcast. But great to know you can start a podcast for free. Kieran, what about you? Social media marketing agency. How much can you start one of those for these days? For free, man. So I remember I actually, I made a couple of YouTube videos about like how I got started and everything. And I remember my first client, Mm -hmm. um, you know who it was. I cold called this company and pretended to be a customer and then I built a relationship with the CEO. I didn't even close him on anything. I didn't even have a marketing agency at the time. This is back in 2015. And I got him to hire me to, to optimize their e-commerce, their, their eBay uh, HTML descriptions. I, I did custom HTML code to make their mm-hmm. eBay descriptions for their products on their eBay store look prettier. And then that's how I built a relationship. I worked for him for free. Eventually I, got start, I started getting paid, like I think it was $15 an hour. Um, for to do their eBay descriptions. Long story short, fast forward, they needed somebody to come and run their social media accounts. They mm-hmm. paid me $400 per month to run their social media accounts. That was my very first client. And then what I did with that money that I was making, $400 a month over like a couple months, I saved up a little bit of money. I went to a print shop 
And I actually um, had uh, three, I had like a, th- a three page pamphlets made um, about Geared Social, my ad agency, and oh, what snap. we did and the services that we offered. And I would take a, this <laughs> box of pamphlets, I would drive my dad's Honda Accord um, on the weekends or after school, I would drive to the auto malls, like the local, like, uh, the local conglomerates of auto yeah. dealerships, whether they were used ones or new ones or, or automotive shops, whatever it was. I would literally put on a button-down shirt, take my pamphlets, drive in my Honda Accord to these auto malls and walk into every single car dealership, ask for the general manager, hand them a pamphlet, introduce myself. Like I literally did this for, for like months and months on end. And it's free. I mean, I just, you know, I paid a couple bucks for gas yeah. and I went to all these places. And that's how I started building some relationships like locally in the automotive industry and how I got a few more clients. Uh, and it's funny, I, I actually like completely forgot about this, but I, I found in my computer, like literally just a couple weeks ago, the PDF of the pamphlet that oh, I had made. Snap. I think it cost me like a couple hundred dollars to print out like 300 pamphlets. Yep. Um, and so I used the money that I made from that initial uh, $400 per month client that I closed. Um, and I parlayed that over into pamphlets and then I wow would pass so, them out. So you practically started for free too. Yeah. So you can start one of these days for little to nothing. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you can start a podcast for little to nothing. You start a social media marketing agency for little to nothing. And you can start what my brother and I did for little to nothing as well. You can right now, I mean, looking back, this was 2008 that we started this coins collectible reselling business in simple terms. Um, when we were, I was nine years old, my brother was 11 years old. We started with $50. We went wow. to our first coin convention, coin show, with $50, pretty much not knowing anything, but we knew we had a passion for old collecting. It was like an old antique show, pretty much like that. So we knew we were into collecting, all that kind of stuff. So we went with 50 bucks. That's like all the money we had. And uh, we went and bought these coins. And we made some great connections buying from, I remember that. This is a story I've never told. This is a Virginia Boys exclusive. Just, just came wow. into my mind last night. I was thinking of it. So one of my mentors, that first day, first day of spending $50, we made three connections that we still have now and are worth, well, they're priceless. And we made those the first day at nine years old in 2008. I remember that antique show. Uh, we, I asked one guy, I'm like, hey, does anybody sell coins here? And he pointed me in the right direction. And we went over to this guy named Paul Singleton's booth. And he had a couple coins out there. He had this old dime. It was marked at... Um, Three dollars, and I'm, I, I didn't know anything about negotiating. I knew nothing, so I'm like, uh, okay, like, can you do two dollars for it? And he's like, no, in the most stern, angry voice. And I'm like, oh my god, like, you're never supposed to negotiate in coins. I, I'm doing everything wrong. Like, this is so bad. I'm nine years old. He's like, but I will take a dollar for it, and I'm like, what? I was so confused. <laughs> I'm like, you just got mad at me for saying two, but now you'll take a dollar. So anyway, um, I bought it for a dollar and that Paul Singleton was a great connection. Unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago, but he, saw, he taught us so much in those five, six years that he was alive with us. And uh, that was a really big mentor. And we, we met two other guys uh, that day that we still know today. Wow. So it just goes to show, just get out there. If there's something you're passionate about, go out there and network with people. We went to our first little simple coin, coin show. We met so many people 
and that's what we started with, $50 of coins. And yeah. then we took those coins and we resold them on eBay for uh, well over $100, $150. And we're like, oh my goodness, there's a business here. So we quickly grew it up and the next full year in 2009, we made like $40,000 in revenue with really good profit margins. And again, just bigger and bigger and bigger. Despite us going into a bigger and bigger recession, we were making more and more money, which again, I talk about yeah. all this on the uh, Instagram post, so be sure to check it out. But it wasn't long before we were making $100,000 at 11 or 12 years old. And then- That's insane. Growing then up to a million dollars and just, just, just stuff like that. But you have to bootstrap your business. And like Karen said, it's, it's just using your resources and being smart with your money. Do not ever think you need thousands of dollars to start your business. Do not ever think you need all these investors or an office space. Don't yep. think, oh, I need to rent out this office space and do all these huge contracts to start my business in order to, they always say that, I need this in order to do this. Yep. No, you don't. You have everything you need right now to start the vast majority of businesses online today. And I see an underlying theme here, yep. right? The nine-year-old walking up to the coin stand, the older guy that's been in the industry for a while wants to help out that nine-year-old kid because he wants to pass, pass on that passion for right. the industry, for business, yep. for entrepreneurship. The reason that Casey got so many people in the beginning when he was 17 years old starting his podcast to say yes to being on his podcast is because mm -hmm. they, they saw a young hustler and they wanted him to succeed. Yep. The reason that I had car dealership GMs come downstairs out of their office to meet the 16, 17-year-old kid that was standing in their lobby and, mm -hmm. and let me talk to them for five minutes to give them my pamphlet is because that they, if, if I was a 35 year old salesperson with a suit and tie on, I would not have been Canceled. able to speak to as many people Canceled. as I was. So if you are young and you're listening to this podcast right now, it's an advantage. Yep. People want to see you succeed. People <laughs> like young hustlers and people Absolutely. who are trying to make moves at a young age, especially older entrepreneurs and, and yep. more seasoned business people. They want to help young guys like us. So use it to your advantage and make sure that you perform for those people once you start doing business with them. Yeah, and, and even just, go ahead. No, go I was gonna ahead. say, speaking on bootstrapping, like Trevor Milton, what he talked about today, it's like, he had to like sell his house to oh, raise the capital yeah. to invest into one of his early stage companies. So it's like talking about bootstrapping, it comes down to asking yourself, like, what are you willing to give up? What risk are you willing to take? And I think just from sitting down with all the successful people, you sort of start to ask yourself, right? Like, and if you compare it to any of our stories, like, are you willing to say, hey, $2? Are you willing to print those pamphlets to, to go bring them to the GMs? Like, ask yourself, what are you willing to do right now with your resources to, to execute on your vision, right? And I think someone like Trevor Milton, who's a billionaire, you can learn from him as much as you can learn from us for the simplicity of what it takes, in a sense. And what you lack in capital and money, you can make up for in time and passion. That, that that I think so is true. important. Trevor said that today on the podcast that uh, Casey did with him. He talked all about passion. He's like, don't don't do something unless you're passionate about it. You you won't succeed if you're not if there's no passion there. It, if you're in it just for the money, then it, it's right. not going to go very sure. Far. Yeah, sure. Christian, I only had fifty dollars starting, but we had unlimited passion, which is worth far more than money in the early stages. So that is very important. And some tactical advice on the flip game, real quick, because I mentioned flipping. Even if you're not into coins, old collectibles. You can go to your Goodwill or thrift store right now and make money flipping online. Like it is free. Like I said, go start an eBay account. I've talked about this on JR Business eBay videos. Go watch those videos. I talk all about eBay SEO and eBay listing hacks, things like that. But it's free to make an eBay account. 
Go look at eBay completed listings on whatever item you see sitting at the Goodwill. You're right there on your phone. You go look it up, you see what it's worth, and if there's money to be made, you buy it at Goodwill, you post it on eBay, you hold it for a week before it sells, and then you ship it out and you keep the profit. That is so simple to do right now. The flip game, Gary Vee preaches it all the time. Go to yard sales, do yeah. all the thrift, thrifting, but I'm telling you guys, it works and it's an easy, low cost way to get into your own entrepreneurship game. Yep. Yeah. Here's a funny topic. Let's, to, yeah, let's pivot the conversation. So speaking of Elon Musk, real quick. So in the interview we did with Trevor Milton, it was funny. He, he said something in like such a cool way. He was like, yeah, the only two people in the world that can sit in a room and run circles around 30 PhDs regarding engineering and, is and electric vehicles. Electric vehicles mm -hmm. is myself, Trevor Milton, and Elon Musk. Oh, and it was smart. fascinating when he said that. And I was like, that's badass. But that being said, the Wall Street Journal, this is an article that came out with today. Elon Musk tweeted that Tesla's stock was too high. Did you see that? The market Jeremy? agreed. What it says, Tesla heck? Inc. stock plunged Friday morning after CEO Elon Musk took to Twitter to say the, the stock price was, quote, too high in a series of messages he posted what? on the social media in platform. It's down 10% today. Yeah, so, and this is kind of funny because I actually bought Tesla on the big crash like a month ago. Um, I bought I bought Tesla like down in the 300s and then I sold in the mid 700s and then uh, two days ago it rallied all the way up like to 880 it was like in the high 800s and I was kind of kicking myself because I was like oh damn I should have held it longer um, nope. and then I wake up today to this to this tweet that Elon made he was just like you know the funniest part is word for word what his tweet said was the stock is too high, IMO, in my opinion. Like he used, he said IMO in his tweet. Hey, billionaire's talking three words, right? That yeah, was three, right. Words. three words, two he, letters. He wakes up on Twitter. He wakes up, gets on Twitter. He's like, oh damn, I am way too rich. Let me, let me. Yeah, like what's he, like? What do you think? Like, why would he tweet that? I'm like, trying to figure out the logic. I'm thinking in the back of my mind, like, what if he wants to buy more stock? So he's like, hmm, it yeah. needs to get lower. It's too much. 700. That's what I'm talking about. I don't think but so. But that makes no sense. Well, he's just being real. Because like, as a job as CEO, your goal is to increase shareholder value. He's a CEO of a publicly traded company. Like, what is the reason behind that? He definitely got some angry phone calls today for sure. I, I, yeah, here's, like, here's the thing about Elon. He's such a visionary. He's already rich. He do, I genuinely <laughs> think he does not care at all about money. He's trying to impact the world. And, it, you know, he's also like just a funny, like comical kind of guy. Like he'll say what's on his mind, right? I mean, what if he's trying to just pull a Trump and do whatever it takes to stay in headlines? I mean, that's Trump's yeah, philosophy yeah. in 2016. Just say whatever and do whatever to stay in the headlines to say on the front cover of CNN, Fox and all these news stations. Yeah. I don't know. Like Elon just got a ton of articles written about that tweet. It's like, yeah. maybe, maybe he's like, ah, oh, I need some more press today. Just screw it. Why not? Well, and the other thing too is when you watch an interview with Elon or, or you like just look at his mannerisms and how he talks, he doesn't really care about Tesla as much as he cares about Mars and SpaceX and like the bigger picture things and AI. Like Tesla is just kind of a, um, a vehicle, uh, no pun intended, a vehicle for him to, you know, make money, create an impact on, on, the, on the world. But his bigger visions really don't have much to do with Tesla. As far as I can tell from what I've seen from him, he's so focused on space exploration and SpaceX and all these other things he's got going on. Um, I think genuinely in the in, in his mind Tesla takes somewhat of a backseat. Hmm. I, I think space oh, wow. could be a bigger passion of his, but I think he still sees the impact that Tesla's gonna totally. have. Hundred percent, yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's gonna transform. I love Tesla. We got in. Speaking of stock prices, Christian and I um, we bought some. 
I, forget, I think I mentioned in the video, I think it was like 198 a share. I mean, we bought it like way, way back in the day. I remember like 150 a share, but I sold it when the Model 3 um, got launched. And that day when like thousands of people stood in line, I think it jumped to almost like $300 a share or something. So we doubled our money. I'm like, cool, I'm good. 300 bucks sounds like a lot for Tesla. And now looking back, um, we're glad yeah. we bought more at 300 and 200, but it's, yeah. will it go beyond a thousand is the question. What do you guys think? Will it go to oh, 2000? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I have said this before because Tesla is not just an auto manufacturer. They, mm -hmm. in, in 10 years, they won't just be an auto manufacturer. Oh, the most crazy. recent picture on their Instagram is a picture of a roof of a house. Ford and BMW are not posting pictures yeah. of roofs of houses. Yeah, Tesla yeah. is going to be the roofing on everyone's yeah. house, the power supply for everyone's Ride house. Rideshare, how Ride everyone share. gets around. Exactly, like they're, they're, um, they're going into multiple different industries that have such high market caps and I, yeah, I think they're gonna be thousands of dollars per share. Yep. Who will be the first trillionaire? Elon Musk? Jeff, Jeff Bezos. Bezos. I, I think, yeah, I think Jeff Bezos most likely. I think Jeff Bezos. Uh, you, will he be able to do it in his lifetime? A trillionaire. Yes, yes, for sure. Absolutely. You he, think, all right, yeah. before he dies, you think Dude, he'll be a young, trillionaire. Bro. He's gonna live to 120, bro. Yeah. No, I think I think Jeff Holy Bezos. Cow. I think Jeff Bezos will be the one, and I think Elon will give him a run for his money, but won't beat him. Wow, we're gonna look back sure. on this podcast. So you think before he dies, he'll be a trillionaire? Yeah, I think so. It's exp I mean, I look at it like, dude, it's exponential at this rate. <sighs> yeah. For wow. real. I feel like the government will want to break him up before that happens. He's too rich. He's too powerful. Like, well, no, I mean, li listen. His next couple hundred billion is gonna be when UPS and USPS and FedEx all get taken down by Amazon. God. That's his next couple hundred billion dollar play, and then after that he's got Blue Origin, and then you know after that colonizing Mars, AWS, you know all these, well, all these different things. He's got. If he just looks at the next twenty years of his life, there's multiple hundred billion dollar things that he can do. You know wow. what I mean? So I think it's yep. it's just a matter of time. If people think he's too powerful and uh, Amazon's a monopoly now, just wait till what's gonna happen in these next couple decades. Oh boy. Oh yeah. Oh, I love it. It's so, cool to see it. Um, Entrepreneurship. Do we, got, do we have anything else? Jeez, looking down the list. We, we pretty much ran through these topics. So was, I'm just so confused with May already. It's crazy. It's Yeah, May. Guys, what do you think? Let us know. Um, so, Jeffrey, you did the intro. You, you're going to do the outro for today's Virginia Boys episode? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, geez, now that I think of it, last video, how I mentioned the five new cars. I won't get into it too much. But oh, like, what happened? This is becoming a theme now. Every time the every Virginia Boys episode, Jeffrey buys a new. Oh oh oh! Um, yeah. Are you gonna tell them? Um, I, oh, tell oh, them. Oh. It sounds so bad. I, I don't want to tell them the exact car, but your boys did it again. We picked up another car. This this is so crazy. But like a deal is a deal. We're not just gonna pass over something we can make money on. It's just crazy that they all happen to be coming up in these next these past couple weeks. And Corona's definitely causing this. Like people need money. This person that we're buying this car from. Um, she has, I think, a couple of medical things coming up that she said, and money's down, income otherwise, so she needs to sell the car. And nobody's buying cars right now, so to find a cash buyer is hard, and we're a cash buyer, and we made sure to get a really good deal on Jeffrey, it. Jeffrey, you need to start a, a hedge fund for your cars. People can invest $5 to help you buy cars Imagine and that. return. I mean, Whoa, they, that could be cool. Our, a car hedge fund. Yeah, our returns are pretty good. This is going to be another exciting Italian exotic. It's a really fun one. It's one of my favorite cars ever. Uh, you'll see. You'll like it. It's, it's going to come in a couple weeks. We're going to go pick it up. And then uh, we're going to go put some money you're, in to fix it up. You're at the point now where you've bought so many cars, you can't even keep up with the updates on YouTube. You have oh, to announce yeah. four cars at a time per video. Yeah, it's it's so crazy. 
Oh, what you laughing at, Casey? <laughs> Elon Musk is just funny. I just went on tw- Twitter on what's trending just because I wanted to see what was up. Five hours ago, he says, I am selling almost all physical possessions. We'll own no house. My girlfriend Grimes is mad at me. Baby due on Monday. What? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, because Elon, Elon is trending in Arizona with 103,000 tweets, and people are like, what a Elon legend. Musk is acting presidential, and he's going on like a, a Twitter rant. He's like, rage. Rage against the dying of the light of consciousness. And the rocket's red glare. The bombs bursting in air. Oh, say does that star-spangled spang- <laughs> banner yet wave. What? <laughs> what? He's, yeah. tweet, he's yeah, tweeting he's the funny. national anthem. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. Just, well, uh, he's, he, he's he's like what Trump is to the White House as to what he is to like Wall Street. He's causing yeah. havoc with all these like investors, oh, yeah. and they're like, Elon, what are you doing? Just this shut is, your mouth. Is, oh wow. He's hilarious. It's so funny because we were talking today. Like Trevor Milton, he's a billionaire, you know, electric vehicle CEO, but he doesn't. He's not known the level that Elon is, right? right. And we were talking about like. People look at Elon, and he has so much power, and he's so God. relevant, and like on a pedestal. He's like the celebrity like, of, yes. of of business people. Yeah, like, no no other entrepreneur in the world is as famous as famous yeah. as Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah, him and, and Jeff Bezos, but like even like Bezos is just kind of there. The kids like really, Musk more. Yeah. yeah, he's more like exciting. You never know what he's gonna do. Yeah, exactly. he's like a flamethrower savage. He just does oh. what he wants. But we this, love it. Real quick, just to wrap it up, it, this is a tweet I saw. It says Elon Musk. His tweet wiped $14 billion off of Tesla's value. Yeah, he got some phone calls. Yeah, for sure. $14 billion. Talk wow. about the power of social media. <laughs> That's insane. Um, Just like that. Well, well, Virginia Boys listeners, this was a fun one. I'm glad we were able to discuss quite a few topics. Send us a DM on Instagram with uh, your favorite highlight that you enjoy, the favorite nugget that you took away. We'd love to hear what that was. And if you haven't left a review yet, be sure to drop a review. We hope we earned your five-star rating. And uh, let us know in the... Yeah, we're at 151. Whoa, Let's get to 152. Oh, yeah. If you're listening... Or 200. Or 200. Well, here's the thing. If if one person does it... there's a million people listening to right now. Everyone counts. So we're talking to that one person that's listening that yeah. has not left a review, or that's your brother right. that's sitting next to you if that you has guys, an iPhone. If you guys mm-hmm. haven't left a review and you're listening to us talk about this right now, you you feel the guilt. All right, you know that you haven't left a review yet, and so I want you to go leave a review. That's Please. right. It's right down Please. there. It takes Please. two minutes. Go. Uh, no, go it takes go twenty drop. seconds. That's right. Well, oh, to dude. write a good essay, you oh, know. to write an essay, but honestly, if you go down to the little five-star, like, <laughs> if, that, that, that helps us If so you write a lengthy review, we will shout you out in the next episode, episode four, for sure. Okay. I like that idea. All right, so go do that. We really appreciate all the love and support. It's uh, really fun to get together and do these kind of things, and you guys are enjoying it, so we're happy to see that. And we'll put together some exciting topics for the next podcast coming to you in under a week, Ooh. bi-weekly. That's pretty cool. Monday, Friday. I like it. I like it. Let us know if you guys like that as well. Twice a week, you get to hear our beautiful voices bring the symphony of Virginia boys together. Wow. Wow. Touching. Touching. All right, guys. Thank you very much. I got to run. We're going to all, I got to go ship out some orders, shoot some guns, buy some AR 15s before they all run. That's the most Virginia thing I've ever heard. (laughs) All right. This this outro is so long. (laughs) We'll we'll see you guys in the next one. All right, guys. Have a great weekend. See you.